Welcome to a powerful encounter with the Word of God, brought to you by Eastwood Annabelle. The love of God is not something people like preaching about, but it should be the main thing we preach about. You see, also. And the Apostle Paul, writing to the Ephesians, told them that he wanted them, to, he wanted Christ to dwell in their hearts by faith. That they being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. And to know the love of Christ. So he wanted them to know the love of Christ, his, his breadth and the length and the depth and the height. Mathematically, if you are calculating the area of something, what you need is the length and the breadth. If you are calculating the volume, you need the length and the breadth and the height. But when now you are giving the length and the breadth and the depth and the height, you have more than enough for volume or area. That means the love of God cannot be calculated. So, in this message today, we want to study the first among the dimensions of the love of God, which is the breadth of the love of God. Now, in talking about um, uh, the breadth and the length and the depth and the height of the love of God, Paul didn't tell us what they were. So, the thing is subject to speculation. And I can also make my own deductions about what he meant by the breadth and the length and the depth and the height of the love of God. So, I'm going to be speaking about the breadth today and um, in talking about the, the, the love of God and his dimensions. There is a song I remember. We used to sing it many years ago in Scripture Union and then also when we even started this ministry. We used to sing that song. It went like this. God's love is so wonderful. God's love is so wonderful. God's love is so wonderful. Oh, wonderful love. God's love is so wonderful. God's love is so wonderful. God's love is so wonderful. Oh, wonderful love, it's so high, you can get over it, it's so deep, can get under it, it's so wide, can get around it, oh, wonderful love, it's so high, can get over it is so deep, can get under it is so wide, can get around it, oh wonderful love. Amen. Now, in a generation where people talk about more, they talk more hatred. I don't know, but Pastor Human beings have become very callous. So, in talking about the breadth of an object, the breadth of an object is 
when you take the measurement of the object from side to side. Somebody may say, well, but that is width. Width and breadth are the same, but when you are dealing with a large area or a large, um, when you are dealing with something that is large, a large span over a large area, like a desert or a river, that one normally you don't talk about the width. You Preferably, you want to talk about the breadth of a river, the breadth of a desert area. And it's huge. And you, you, so that when Paul was talking about the love of God and he chose to use breadth instead of width, what he was saying is that the love of God is a very broad thing. The breadth of it. And when I start looking at the breadth of the love of God, I'm thinking about the wisdom that God put together in order to work out the salvation plan. So the breadth of the love of God refers to the reach of God's love to save the world from sin and death. It speaks about God's wisdom in the redemption plan. So God has a redemption plan and that redemption plan is to save humankind and a lot of wisdom went into it. A lot of wisdom went into it. The, 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 the scope of the thinking of God, the, the dimensions of God's thinking, that he wants to save humankind and the wisdom he put together is that God should be manifested in the flesh in order to save mankind. So, in order to save man, God said, I'm not going to stay in heaven and save man. I'm going to go to the earth and then I will save man. I will go to the earth and I will save man. I will go to the earth and I will redeem humankind. So, God became a human being in the person of Jesus Christ. And this is what Many religions cannot fathom. Many religions cannot accept it. They, they will tell you, how can God be a man? They will, they will argue about it. They will fight against it. But this is the essential utter difference between Christianity and the other religions of the world. Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a way of life. Christianity is the way to God. Without controversy, great is the mystery. Of godliness. That is what the Bible says. That, but without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. The mystery, the wisdom of godliness. That God was manifested in the flesh. So in order to save us, God became flesh. God was manifested in the flesh. So you can imagine that you want to save some monkeys and you decided you decide that because they are new, you too, you become a monkey in order to save them. Can you imagine you want to save bats and God now changes you into a bat to, to, to go and save them? What about if you change into a and change into bat and you are not able to convert back? So you can imagine if God, be, God became man in the person of Jesus Christ and died and did not rise from the dead and did not receive the glory that he had with the Father from the beginning. What would have become of him? But Jesus Christ took all that risk. He became a man. God became a man. God was manifested in the flesh. God was manifested in the flesh. 
The demonstration of the kind of love that saves people is for you to be manifested in the form of the person you are supposed to save. So God was manifested in the flesh and then he was justified in the spirit. So you are manifested in the flesh and you are justified in the spirit. Now, when you manifest in the flesh, chances are that to be justified in the spirit would be very difficult because the flesh cannot please God. Nevertheless, the son of God was manifested in the flesh. He defeated sin. He was tempted in every point like you and I are tempted, yet without sin. And when he did it without sin, God justified him in the spirit. And he said he was seen of angels because God was manifested in the flesh and angels were involved in the redemption plan. Angels announced his, his coming into the world. When he fasted and prayed, came back from the wilderness, was ministering, angels assisted him in a number of ways. Even in the garden of Gethsemane, when he was praying, the Bible said the angels of God ministered unto him and they strengthened him. He died, he was buried, angels were involved in his ministry again. They rolled away the stone. He ascended up in, into heaven. So the Bible said that he was seen of angels. He was preached unto the Gentiles. He was believed on in the world. And he was received up into glory. All that has to do with the breath of the love of God. The breath. That he became man. God reached out to us from heaven. Now, so when they say, so maybe you live in Bogatanga and then you have to reach out to people that are in Nakbanduri or people that are in Boko. And you, you will ha have to leave Boga and go to them in another form. That, that is the reach. So, he reached out unto them like that. Now, in talking about reaching his reach, apart from God becoming human and leaving heaven to come to the earth, you look at the reach again, in terms of the distance that it covered. Now, Jesus Christ coming into Jerusalem or coming, coming into the world and then being in Israel and getting the people of Israel saved and so on and so forth, it's not a mystery. But the greatest mystery is those of us who are Gentiles. That this thing happened and it reached unto us. I've seen many people, whenever you are talking about Christianity, they say it's a false, it's sorry, it's a foreign religion. They will tell us, hey, you these Africans, think about African religion, but this Christianity is just a deception. People brought something from Israel, and they brought something from, um, what is the name, from, from the West, and they come to brainwash us with, with, with Christianity because they, they see the Christianity as something that is from far, and it has nothing to do with us. But that is the reach of the Christianity, that it originated from heaven, it passed through Israel, it went through Europe, it has come to Africa, and I can tell you people, salvation, healing, deliverance, victory in Christ is working very well in Africa. It's working very well in Africa. And the truth is, the truth is that the Christianity in Africa is even overtaking the one, the one in the West. You know, we, we, we have a certain mentality 
that the best of everything is from abroad. When I was growing up, I used to get confused. You see a fridge and they say it's homemade. Shirt and they say it's homemade. And anytime they said the thing was homemade, I thought it was made in Ghana. I didn't know that homemade is the opposite. That homemade means it's coming from Europe. But I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, we, the same manner in which we wear homemade clothing or things that are made abroad, and we call them homemade. Christianity could have come from abroad, but it is homemade. It is home. We, we are at home with it. Come on, you can clap your hands. And, and, and the Christianity is working. It's working in Africa. It's, it's producing a positive effect. So, for those of us that are Gentiles, the breath of the love of God is that, number one, it came from heaven to the earth, and it hit the land of Israel. Then, from the land of Israel, the breath of it, it reached out to the Gentile world, and that is why you and I are all saved, because the Christianity affected us in, the, in Africa, in Asia, in the Americas, and any other part of the world that Christianity affected all of us. Now, I want us to look at Ephesians chapter 2 and the verse number 12 to 18. Ephesians 2, the verse number 12 to 18. So he's speaking about the Gentiles, and Paul tells the Ephesians that at that, at that time, you were without Christ. You were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. So you were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. You were without Christ. You didn't know Christ. And strangers from the covenants of promise. That was our state. Having no hope. So you didn't have any hope. And you were without God in the world. Stay here. Stay here with me. Stay here with me. That this was our state. Because you see, the Jews had God in a way in their, in, their, in, the, in their theology. You grew up as a Jewish person and they will, they will tell you that God created Adam and Eve and they were in the Garden of Eden and then they, there was a fall and then um, what's the name? Moses came with the law and so on and so forth. So in growing up they were told that God or Jehovah belonged to the Jews. That means the rest of the world we didn't, we, we, we had nothing to do with God. So Paul is reminding them that some time ago, you were without Christ. He ended this same verse by saying, you were without God. Anybody who, had no, who has no Christ hasn't got God. If you don't have Christ, you don't have God. I, I, I meet people and they are like, you know, um, you know, as for us, we believe in God, but not Jesus. In fact, I met a daughter of mine. I'm saying a daughter because she calls me her father. She told me, I asked her, so do you believe in Jesus? She said, Daddy, I believe in Christ, but not Jesus. <laughs> so some people believe in God, but not Jesus Christ. Somebody even believes in Christ, but not Jesus. But listen to me, you will be confusing this thing for yourself. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you believe in God. If you don't 
have Christ. You don't have God. That is what this scripture is saying. That you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. That means that right now, where you sit spiritually, you have been incorporated into the commonwealth of Israel. I know you have a Ghanaian passport. I know you have the Ghana card. I know you have a Ghanaian identity card and a Ghanaian driver's license. But the important thing is that spiritually, you belong to the commonwealth of Israel. And when we talk about the commonwealth of Israel, we are talking about God's beloved. We are talking about the chosen generation of God's people. And that is who you are. So, in terms of God seeing you, God does not see you as um, an alien, an, an, an African somewhere who has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. And when he says the commonwealth of Israel, he's not talking about the physical nation of Israel because you, are not, you don't belong to the, to the physical nation of Israel, but you belong to the spiritual Israel. And spiritually, you are a Jew, not one outwardly, but a Jew who is one inwardly. That means all your inferiority complex must die. Don't walk about thinking, I come from that continent, I come from that nation, and then, you know, you're just walking about and you feel so inferior. Sometimes I travel and I meet people and they are so angry because somebody told them they are are a black man. And you know, they themselves are conscious of the fact that they are black. They know it even before they are told. I'm a born-again, spirit-filled person. I am also not a white man. Because I definitely don't look like a white man. But I don't walk about conscious of the fact that I'm a black man. No. Especially in a world where some things are more important than your color. In the world in which we are, some things are more important than your color, your height, and your size. For example, if you are highly educated as a professor, your color is not important. What is in your brain is the important thing. Your, your, your intellect, your intellect. And for those of us who are born again, What is more important is your spirit. So what I'm saying is that there are some things that are more important than your color. The Holy Ghost is more important and more potent than your color. Don't work about thinking color. Don't work about thinking color. And if you're an African, don't work about thinking tribe. Tribe. So, when it comes to tribe, God has reached out to you and affected you. You know this kind of thing where sometimes maybe you are a Frafra man or a Bursa man or a Dagati or a Dagomba. And when you are doing something, your own people say, look at her. She's always behaving like a white woman. And when they say you are always behaving like a white woman, what they are saying is the, the person is always eating with fork and knife. And the person... Tries to walk, um, not like a local person, but you want to even change the way, the way, the way you walk. Now, so Christianity as a way of making an impact on you. 
while you are walking about and you are not thinking I'm a black man, you are not walking about thinking I'm a bullseye, you are not walking about thinking I'm an ever, you are not walking about thinking I'm a, an Ashanti man, you are not walking about thinking I'm a, I'm a Fanti, you are not walking about thinking I'm a Degadi, but you are walking about knowing that you are a child of God and that you belong to the commonwealth of Israel and you are not a stranger from the covenants of promise. Now, he said, they, in the time past, you did not have any hope and you were without God. But look at us today. There is a lot of hope. There is a lot of faith. We belong to the commonwealth of Israel. God has taken us from afar. You can clap your hands. You can give him glory. God has taken us from afar. So the breath, the breath of the love of God, he brought us from afar. Simple logic. Any prosperity anybody can get in America, you can have it in Boga. You can have it in Boku. You can have it in Wa. Being in Boga is not an excuse for you to be poor. Let me ask you a question. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in New York, in Accra. Thy will be done in Lagos. Thy will be done in Mexico. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now watch this. Thy will be done on earth as it is where? In heaven. The heaven, is it different from New York and Borga? And Accra. The heaven is the same. So, if Bogatanga is part of the earth, then the earth must also be the same. The Bible said the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Oh, but you see, we have only one rainy season, and that is why we are poor. Thank God you have only one rainy season. In Dubai, they don't even have a rainy season, it rains only about three times in a year. Stop. Then stop. And a man, a taxi driver told us, he said, some of the years it rains only twice. They see rain only two times in a year. Yet, this is one of the most developed parts of the world. You know what? They took poverty out of their mind. They took poverty out of their mind. So, oh, you know, we are broke because we are, we are from Africa. I told myself, I said, I said, the Bible verses for salvation, they are the same in Accra, Abuja, Lagos, New York, Chicago, London, and Borga. So, the scriptures for healing, they say. The scriptures for deliverance, they say. The revelation for holiness, the same. When it comes to prosperity, the revelation must be the same. That if somebody can be saved in Chicago, somebody can be saved in Bogatanga. If somebody can be healed in, in, in New York by the Bible, somebody can be healed in, the same, in Bogatanga by the same scriptures. In the same way, if somebody can prosper, in New York, you must be able to prosper in Bogatanga and, and in Navrongo and, and in Tamale. You have no excuse. Because, you know, people, where you come from, 
who you are can intimidate you so much that you don't even enjoy your liberty in Christ. And God will be showing you a lot of love and a lot of love and you are walking about in hatred. One of the things love does is that love gives you acceptance. The Bible said we are accepted in the beloved. That means God has accepted us in Christ. And Paul is telling them that you were without Christ. You were aliens. But now you are with Christ. And because you have Christ, you are no longer an alien. You are no longer a stranger from the covenants of promise. Oh, Jehovah. Covenants of promise. And the covenants of promise included everything. Forgiveness of sin, salvation, redemption, prosperity is one. He said you are the seed of Abraham. And God prospered Abraham. God blessed Abraham's life. God made Abraham prosperous. God healed the sons of Abraham. And anything God gave to Abraham is yours. Because you are the seed of Abraham. You are not the seed of Nognab. Pantia Kolob Nognab. It's good. You have a biological father. Good. You have a biological mother. But your salvation, your redemption, your prosperity, and your blessing does not depend on your biological parents. It depends on your spiritual root because you are born again. You are not born of water. You are not born of blood. You are not born of the will of man. And you are not born of the flesh. But you are born of the spirit. And being born of the spirit is superior to being born of the flesh. Am I talking to somebody at all? about with no the the breath the breath of the love of god the breath is rich it goes far he said you didn't have hope and you were without god in the world now can you imagine a human being walking about in the world and and has no god now go to verse number 13 for me but now in Christ Jesus. I like that. But now, in Christ Jesus. But now, everybody say, but now. Come on, shout it, but now. Some of you are still thinking, but then. When you tell them anything, they say, oh, then. 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 God wants you to stop thinking then and think now. But now, you who sometimes where afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. That means God took the blood of Christ and nullified your blood. Your blood has been nullified. Oh, I am a full-blooded white man. Not anymore. I am a full-blooded black man. Not anymore. Listen. You lost the identity of your blood the day you got born again. The day you got born again, your blood was exchanged for his blood. Oh, everything about your blood became a side issue. And the thing that now identifies you is the blood of Jesus Christ. No sin in the blood. No sickness in the blood. No curse in the blood. No weakness in the blood. No confusion in the blood. By the blood, he brought you from afar. You know that thing where a confused boy and girl can stand under a tree 
A confused boy and girl can stand under a forget-me-not tree. And one will cut the finger like this, another one cut the finger like this, and they mix their guinea fowl blood with each other. And they say, we are going to be lovers and we are going to marry one day. That, that, that stupid covenant um, children who are careless like Sangbeno do. So they mix their blood. They believe that the blood makes a covenant. I'm not saying go and do it. It's an evil covenant. It's not a good thing to do. It will follow you all the days of your life. Those are the covenants that create the soul ties. And when people are even married, they, they are still connected to old boyfriends and girlfriends and they can never break free. But you see, they do that fake covenant of blood because there is an authentic covenant of blood. When Jesus shed his blood, God used that blood and drew you near. He brought you from afar. Listen to me, people. You need confidence. 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 One of the things that drives me is that you know what? How can we enhance the confidence of our people? Because you know what? Victory in life is dependent on confidence. Confidence. How confident you are determines whether you will be a winner in life or a loser. I pray, may God make you confident. May God give you assurance. And love is the thing that does it. Love gives assurance. Love gives confidence. Love gives confidence. And he said, he brought you from afar, from you that were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Verse number 14, for he is our peace. So when you have Jesus, you are peace. He is your peace. He is our peace. Who has made both one. That means between you and God, there's no enmity. You and Jesus Christ have become one. There's peace. God is not looking for you to kill you. God has accepted you. I believe you've been blessed by this message. For further information, please visit www.eastwoodanaba.com. God bless you richly.